Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Hey, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, folks. It's V, the Grill Economist, coming to you live on this edition of Hanging with Harley. Uh, he's a man who needs no introduction. Harley Schlanger, you can find him over at the LaRoucheOrganization.com, the LaRoucheOrganization.com, as well as the SchillerInstitute.com, the SchillerInstitute.com. And with that being said, Harley, how are you, my friend? How's it going? Oh, it's it's going. Let's put it that way. It's going pretty fast. <laughs> Well, we have the nefarious Russians blow up their own pipelines, Harry, Harley. They, they blew up their own pipelines. They've um, sabotaged themselves. And uh, as, as, as a form of protesting what's going on, and uh, John Stoltenberg, Jan Stoltenberg of uh, the NATO Supreme Commander, who has no military experience. So they're, they're ready to, uh, to retaliate for this uh, aggression. <laughs> Well, I I did a, a podcast with Ray McGovern the other day, the uh, former CIA agent and peace activist. And Ray started out by saying, well, I guess they think people believe that the Russians are shooting at their own soldiers in Zaporizhia nuclear plant, that the Russians shelled the prisoners and killed all the Azov battalion people before they were able to testify as to their involvement with Nazi politics. And so if you believe all that, you can probably believe that the Russians would sabotage their own pipelines. But then he asked a simple question. If Russia really wanted to shut off the gas, why not just turn the spigot, turn off the valves? Because that would be easy. And and this is not about doing it easy. They're trying to send a message, Harley. (laughs) Well, here's the actual message. Think about who really is going to suffer because of this. It's going to be yeah. the people in Germany. Yep. The And th- there's a reason, a strategic reason why it was done, which is that there are now people turning out in the streets of Germany in demonstrations, growing numbers, demanding that the Nord Stream 2 be turned on, demanding yeah. that the Germans, the German government reach an agreement with Putin uh, to allow the gas to flow, the oil to flow, And in return, Germany will work with Russia to establish the security guarantees that Putin was asking for, not just for Russia, but also for Ukraine. So now that's off the table. You can't reopen, at least no one knows at this point, if Nord Stream 2 can be salvaged. And if it can, it won't be in the short term, which means that people in Germany are going to freeze this winter. Now, Chancellor Schultz who I'm beginning to think is sort of like Kamala Harris, not that bright. He went to the Middle East to beg for oil and gas. He got a promise from the United Arab Emirates to provide 
the amount of gas for 2023 that the Nord Stream 2 would provide in one day. So he was mocked for that. Then he went to Qatar and said, we want liquefied natural gas from, from you. And Qatar said, okay, well, where are the pipelines? Where, is, where are the terminals? How are we going to ship it? And the German government said, well, it will take about four years before this liquefied natural gas is available. And of course, also waiting in the wings after the Nord Stream 2 is destroyed is the Biden administration planning to sell liquefied natural gas to Russia. So what, in a certain sense, this is the biggest clown show you can imagine. It's the, so stupid. It's so well, stupid. You know, Inspector Clouseau is a genius compared to these guys. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And, and what, what you have is a, a piling of one idiotic aspect after another. Now, the, the whole argument that this was a sham referendum. Well, you know, it, it's interesting because they're also saying more or less that the vote in Italy was a sham vote. The vote in Sweden was a sham vote. Anytime the vote goes against the European Union, the NATO, and the U.S., it's illegitimate. So what's legitimate? Well, I think the one thing that might be legitimate was that statement from Biden back in early February where he said, if you go into Ukraine, there will be no Nord Stream pipeline. And he said, we know how to do it. We can do it. So... Well, some detective work has to be done to determine exactly how it was done and who did it. It's clear that it wasn't Russia, uh, whether it was the French, whether it was the Germans uh, operating again on behest of NATO, or I think it might have been the British. You know, the British can't manage their own economy, but they still can do wet works and dirty operations, special yep. forces and so on. Uh, so I think that's one of the places to look. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, also, the fact that immediately after this pipeline was destroyed, you have the Baltic pipeline that's running from Norway to Poland that only yeah. produces maybe a tenth of what Nord Stream 1 could even produce, let alone Nord Stream 2. Uh, it's incredible. And they're, they, they're saying, oh, that's going to be on. And uh, they're, they're you know shouting that off as some sort of great triumph. It alleviates nothing. It alleviates nothing. What is happening is that the Europeans are going to go into a dark winter, the recovery of which God knows what that's going to look like in five years. These idiots are saying, oh, it'll take four or five years. Harley, the way things are, the way the, the, the dearth of talent, the way things are built, it could be 10 years before they even have any modicum of a solution, maybe even a 20% making up for the lack of Nord Stream 1 and Nord Stream 2, maybe 20% capacity they can, get, they can get back in 10 years. At that point, the financial destruction will be irreversible. The deindustrialization will be irreversible. The loss of life will be irreversible. What are the, right. I mean, the, 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 the European populace, they're literally backed into a wall, and the question that normal you know, thinking adults around the world are thinking, right, are saying to themselves right now, will they stand up? Do you see a fire? Will the Germans finally stand up? Will they finally realize what is being, what is happening to them, that they are being played, they've been being, you know, they have been being played for, for 
since the beginning that the whole strategy was, you know, uh, Russia out, USA in, and Germany down. That's the whole strategy. And are this they going to wake this, up? This is the old British geopolitics. And I yes. think it's interesting that Sikorsky, the former foreign minister of Poland, who's married to one of the leading neocon witches in the West, Applebaum, yeah. mm -hmm. that he tweeted, thank you, USA, yeah. uh, about the pipeline uh, explosions. Now, uh, hold on one second, V. Yeah, good. It's incredible, folks. Absolutely incredible. Now, Go the ahead. other thing I want to talk about quickly is the situation with Great Britain, where you have this, I don't know what to call her, the, uh, the, the, Iron the new Twitch. queen, Liz Truss. Yes, People probably Twitch. don't know this. Well, she co-authored a book in 2012 with none other than Kwasi Kwartung, who is now the chancellor of the Exchequer, who is a radical free marketeer uh, who wrote with trust and Priti Patel, the uh, uh, interior minister of the last government and, and a number of other Tories. The book was titled Britannia Unchained. Unchained, yep. Yeah. And what it was about is going beyond Margaret Thatcher's Big Bang, more deregulation, more privatization, more tax cuts. But the problem is, if you were to argue that the tax cuts will stimulate the economy, but you leave the free market uh, policies in place, what happens? What happens is exactly what the Bank of England is doing, quantitative easing, which is going to lead to more inflation which is not going to solve the problem. It's not going to build up the industrial economy. Now, it, it, but it will be very beneficial for the city of London. But this is going to lead to incredible labor unrest because the, the population in the United Kingdom is hurting. It's not this just Germany. More, yeah, it's pouring more gasoline on the fire, Harley. I mean, we know that in a healthy economy, the fire economy, finance, insurance, real estate, the whole speculation side of things should be no more than 10%. The UK model is 90, 90%, 95%. The American model is like 86 87%. And what these two countries are doing is they are, they are putting lighter fluid to the fire to make the fire economy bigger. That's going to eviscerate it. The fire economy is the reason we don't have a middle class anymore. It's the reason we don't have manufacturing anymore. It's the reason we don't That's have right. proper health care anymore. It's the reason why there's no industrial production anymore. It's the reason why we are in perpetual war and perpetual debt. And the iron twit, Liz Truss, is going to globally ignite the British, what's left of, of England. And, 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 and all the, the central banks in the West, Harley, when I'm looking at it, they're all locked in arms in a suicide pact, and they're going to join in this effigy burn, this self-emulation that they're going to do, and we're all going to witness it, and many of us are going to be victims of it. Well, we've been, for the United Kingdom, they've been bouncing back and forth between Thatcherism and the Blairite Third Way, which is sort of like Thatcherism light. You know, Thatcherism for people with no balls. Yeah, now, yeah. What, but what we're going to end up with is a situation in which the British are going to have to bail out the banks because the banks will collapse. There's going to be a real estate blowout. The, the real estate market in London, for example, is completely out of control. And if you are in the United States and looking at it, that's our future. You know, Biden's Build Back Better 
is not an industrial platform. It's not an infrastructure development. It's green austerity to the physical economy and a, a new bubble in carbon credits and things of that sort. So we're seeing the effects of what LaRouche announced many, many years ago as Shaktian policy, which is a, the hard name for neoliberal monetarism. And LaRouche thought it was important to emphasize the role of Schacht because the social democrats, that is the so-called liberals, uh, the, the third way crowd, endorse Schacht. They, but one of their leading uh, advocates, a man named Abba Lerner, who debated LaRouche in 1971, and that was the last time one of these guys debated LaRouche, Lerner said if the Germans would have listened to Schacht, Hitler would not have been necessary. So they're essentially trying to morph into Hitler policy without a Hitler. And they're beginning to realize that they're going to have to kill people. That's what Prince Charles, now King Charles, meant when he said we need a vast military-style operation to bring the Great Reset and the Green New Deal into existence. Yeah. Now, so th that's what we're dealing with. Now, I, I think if you look at Russia, with all the talk coming from the West about sham referendum and, and Putin in trouble, the fact is the Russian economy is moving ahead. The yeah, potential for a massive expansion is there. The preeminent Russian economist is a man named Sergei Glaziev, who's the yep. chief economist of the Eurasian Economic Forum. An absolute recently, Well, he sent a message to uh, an event recently, a commemoration of Lyndon LaRouche, in which he said... LaRouche was the greatest genius of the last quarter century and yeah. that LaRouche's economic forecasting was totally accurate and his economic solutions are now being applied in much of the world in countries that are successfully developing economically. Now, you look at the discussion going on in South Africa, in Brazil, in Argentina. Uh, the Argentina was just added to the BRICS, so it's now the BRICS+. Plus. You have a, a discussion of a gold reserve uh, financial system, but it's not just gold. It's also all kinds of strategic metals, raw materials. Uh, the Russians have fertilizer and, and uh, no debt. So we're seeing a transition underway. And meanwhile, the idiots in the West are saying Putin's hiding under a bed. Putin's doing violating the, the U.N., charter. Since when did they care about the UN charter? When was Never. the last time the UN stood up to US regime change policies? Never. Uh, and here's another one for you. And this is important because people don't hear about this. The democratic regime of uh, the Fuhrer Zelensky had his Ministry of Justice ban 16 opposition political parties. Four of them filed appeals of the banning. And there was a hearing on Tuesday in the Ukrainian Supreme Court of one party called the Progressive Socialist Party of Ukraine, which uh, is led by uh, an economist named Natalia Vitrenko, who is sort of the Glaziev of, of Ukraine. And they wouldn't allow them to present the case. The case was that they violated laws that were passed after the Maidan coup. But when did they supposedly violate these laws? 
10 years earlier before the coup. Now, this is a violation of international civil and political rights. You can't retroactively punish someone for something they did before a law was passed against it. Well, that didn't matter. The Ukraine Supreme Court banned them. The, the members of this party and the other banned political parties are under uh, intimidation, threats of violence. Did anybody raise a peep about this at the United Nations? Did any of the human rights organizations say anything about it? The last time a human rights organization pointed a finger at Ukraine was when Amnesty International correctly said the Ukrainians were using civilian populations as a shield, and Amnesty International was, was nearly shut down. Their, their leaders were forced to resign. So we're, we're dealing with a growing global fascist dictatorship. Yeah. But it only has power in Europe, and that power is weak. We just saw the vote in Italy, which shows how weak that power is. On top of which, in the United States, I think we're headed toward a, a hot autumn, maybe not in the United States, but certainly in, in Western Europe. But the United States is not far behind. So I think there's going to be a comeuppance for this whole fascist uh, globalist policy. And we'll see what happens in, in the United Kingdom. But I, I think Liz Trust is going to be out on her ear uh, in the not too distant future. Absolutely. And that's the only way that we're going to stop this. I think these guys have completely overplayed their cards. They literally thought that the that the the, the vocal minority of 0.01% of the population that are screaming for all this garbage, terrible, eugenic-based ideas, they thought that these people are the majority because it caters to their own echo chamber and biases. They've overplayed their cards significantly. I think we have a lot of angry people, Harley. Well, NV, I don't know if you saw Putin's speech today, but it was really interesting. He talked about the Satanism in the West. He mm. talked about the transgender issues. He talked yes. about the attempt to impose on children the idea that there's not just boys and girls, but there are other options. Now, those people who are Trump supporters in the United States or moral Christians in the United States, Putin is talking your language. He's defending traditional values as opposed to the post-Christian world, which is really not post-Christian world in the West. It's, it, it is satanic. Yes. The, the whole idea, the whole premise underlying the Green New Deal is there are too many people, and we've got to get rid of some of those extra people. That's why wars are funded. That's why energy is shut down. That's why people are left without any backup from government. So I think we're in a situation now, as, as you just said, where it's going to get hotter. The question is, will there be people who will grab the ideas that, that have been shown to work? Namely, and I would urge people, go to LaRoucheOrganization.com. Look at our, our writings on the new Bretton Woods policy. Look at LaRouche's four laws, the, the return to banking regulation, the idea of a national credit system, the idea of massive investment, as you were saying, in infrastructure platforms, as opposed to speculation and, and finance investment in real estate. There are solutions. And the best solution would be for the United States to break out of this globalist free market insanity 
And and just one final word on that. People often say, well, free market, that's what we need because that's where the individual rules. That's a lot of ideological crap. The, the so-called free marketeers of the Heritage Foundation, the American Enterprise Institute, and, and so on, are funded by corporate cartels that don't give a damn about individual liberty. They're concerned with corporate profits and the corporate control over governments through the uh, control over Congress, uh, control over the permanent bureaucracies, and so on. You want liberty? We've got to go back to the Constitution. And the Constitution does give government certain power to regulate. And if you have people who regulate from a sane standpoint, in other words, make sure that there's a level playing field so that the corporate cartels can't grab up all the cash through central banks, then you have the potential for real freedom. But the radical free market ideology of people like Truss and Thatcher and Quarteng and, and those sorts, uh, that's not freedom. That's the opposite of freedom. That's what leads to Shakti and corporatism, which is the polite name for uh, Nazism. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's remarkable to see that the people that are in, in with, that are in um, Donbass, right, that are in uh, the DPR, the LPR, Kurzon region, Zaporsky region, They've all put the cast their ballots. They're all part of Russia. And they're officially Russian. And hot on the heels of that, you have the idiots, the millennials, the twits, the rejects, the morons, the absolute idiots in the Biden White House. The Biden administration have said they're going to double down on their efforts to help Ukraine regain territories. Now, mind you, Ukraine probably has lost close to 150,000 troops, maybe more. Okay, little some professionals have, have estimated close to 200,000. They're losing over a battalion a day. There's nothing left. They cannot sustain these losses. But the U.S. wants to keep fomenting the war because now these idiots hardly think they got a major win by blowing up Nord Stream One and blowing up Nord Stream Two. They the the U.S. is dragged. Europe in an, into an inescapable solution. It's incredible to see all this, Harley. Well, they, they also are going with the idea that a military buildup will stimulate the real economy. All you have That's to so do stupid. is look at the people who argued that with the Reagan tax cuts and the what seemed to be a booming economy in 1986, 1987. What happened in October 1987? The biggest stock market blowout in American yep. history. Black Friday. Because it was a bubble. Yeah. yeah it was a black market. So the, the, the idea that we can have a great financial recovery by cheap credit to uh, speculators and to the military industrial complex, it's already been disproven repeatedly in the last 50 years. You know, we're not talking yeah. about ancient history. We're talking about 2008. We're talking yeah. about the fourth quarter of 2019. If you can't remember 2019, your problem is not Alzheimer's. It's you never knew the truth. Yeah, absolutely. And back in 86, I'm sorry, back in 87, the Dow high was a little over 2,700 points, Harley. Back well, and here's when an, we still. Here's, another, here's another, something interesting for you. 
In the spring of 1987, Lyndon LaRue said there will probably be a blowout by October. He was Bang, absolutely on target again. Yep. And he then warned that the uh, Asian tiger bubble in the 1990s was going to blow yep. up. So yep. it, and LaRouche, I'll, I'll say this as someone who worked with him for nearly 50 years. He was a genius. But it doesn't take a genius to know that bubbles pop. All you have to do is read what happened in Holland in the 17th century, the tulip bubble, the, tulip the bubble. South Sea oil bubble, over and over and over. Bubbles pop. And before they pop, some people make a lot of money and, and get out of it and get away with it. But most of the suckers come in and lose everything. So that's what Liz Truss and, and Quartong are trying to do to revive the global Britain. But global yeah, it's, Britain it's, it's, is a fraud. Global NATO is a fraud. And yeah. I hope people wake up now and, and understand that there are principles of physical economy that if you violate, you pay a price. Yep. Economic mother nature is, pardon the French, is a bitch with fangs and claws. And <laughs> it, you, you, you could only go so far before you're exposed and shredded. And that's exactly where we're headed. We, the, These people are insane. I mean, think about this. They want to go back to Big Bang 2.0 over here with, with the Britannia Unchained policy, right? That Liz Truss and her gaggle of morons are concocting. Britannia 2, it's going to be, you know, Big Bang 2.0. But they're doing it at a time that leveraged debt is through the roof. They're doing it where the largest bubble in, 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 in financial history has been blown. And there's nothing here. So their, their only thing is to ignite it even more, make whatever money they can at the top, profiteer out of it, continue to eviscerate the middle class, destroy what's left of the working class, impoverish everyone, and then try to create some sort of cataclysmic either economic downfall or something cataclysmic enough where they don't have to face any sort of accountability for it. This is their well, plan. It's crazy. The, and and this, this the, the two final points I want to make on this. One is that the, even the Bank of England said that the government's plan of combining massive tax cuts with increased spending will create a, quote, material risk to UK financial stability, unquote. You think yeah. so? Now, here's the other thing. When Truss addressed the UN General Assembly, the thrust of her speech was to call for an economic NATO. Now, this is the point we've been making. The goal of these guys with the Great Reset is to use the military power of the United States and secondarily of NATO to impose global central bank dictatorship. That's what Prince Charles meant when he said, next to Klaus Schwab, we need a vast military-style operation. Now he's the king, at least for the moment. So we're dealing with, as, as you said, insanity. The question is, will enough people who are not insane come to the fore and, and fight against them and take power away from them? And there are means to do it. Uh, you know, Hopefully we'll, we'll see some things break with the 2022 election. But I think in the U.S., we've got a point toward uh, an immediate breakthrough uh, in getting some of the existing members of the Congress to, to smarten up. And I just want to point out one thing that you'll find interesting. We now have about a dozen members of the U.S. Congress who are demanding 
accountability for U.S. funding of this Committee to Combat Disinformation in Ukraine. This is the committee that's run by neo-Nazis and that are targeting people like Rand Paul, Scott Ritter, Ray McGovern, uh, Helga Zeppler-Rusch, Diane Sarah, and me. Yeah. So there are members of the U.S. Congress who are starting to ask the right questions. And if, if people are interested, we have a letter that was signed by Colonel Richard Black, by uh, a number of other people, to the U.S. Congress demanding that they stop funding Nazis in Ukraine well, there's not enough money so that U.S. servicemen's families are on food stamps to, to feed their children. We've got to stop this idiocy. And if people want to get a copy of this letter uh, that they can use with their congressman, I'd be happy to send it out to them. They should just write to me at harleysch at gmail.com, H-A-R-L-E-Y-S-C-H at gmail.com. And I, I hope some of your, your listeners and viewers will take this seriously because they tend to be better informed than the average person. But being informed doesn't mean much unless there's some action with it. And I, I hope there's a, a commitment to that in, in this audience. Absolutely. Harley, thank you so much for joining us. It's been absolutely delightful to have you on. Folks, again, go to LaRoucheOrganization.com. LaRoucheOrganization.com and the Schiller Institute.com. The Schiller Institute.com. Sign those petitions. Get Congress to act. There's no reason why American taxpayer funded money is going to a known Ukrainian neo Nazi site that is keeping a hit list of Americans and even has already marked off Daria Dugan as quote unquote liquidated next to her photo. Okay? This is real. These are real threats. I mean, they're already threatening Scott Ritter, saying Scott Ritter and family go boom, boom. Okay? Whenever Scott's uh, he's on a live, uh, he's doing an, an interview, he's on a live stream, they're literally typing into the, these Ukrainian trolls are typing into the, the, his, uh, the, the, the chat, Scott Ritter go boom, boom. And here's the thing. Ritter's over up in New York, somewhere upstate, right? In Allenville, New York, and this is a fact, there's a Ukrainian community in Allenville, New York. They have a statue, Harley, of Stepan Bandera erected over there, and they trained the Ukrainian youth up there. Think about that for a second. Well, that's, Scott's been talking about that, especially warning about the threat to Diane Sayre, who's an opponent in the general election of Chuck Schumer. And Schumer is one of the people channeling the money to Ukraine. Yep, exactly. The threat is real. The yeah. threat is real. And Diane Snares, she's doing fantastic over there against Chuck E. Cheese Schumer, the ambulance chaser from New York, who's way one of the most corrupt individuals in Congress. This is what we're facing, folks. This is real. You have, I, I guarantee you, Harley, that is a, 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 a U.S. intelligence operation that is taking place in Ellenville, New York, with the Ukra Nazis and their Stepan Bandera Youth School for training uh, Hitler, the next generation of Hitler Jagund. Well, they, they protected Bandera and the other members of the Organization of Ukrainian Nationalism, which was the Nazis in the set during the Second World War. They were allowed to not, not only leave, but avoid any trial, even though numbers of them were involved in, in genocide. Uh, one of the people involved, an editor of the paper in Lviv, his granddaughter is now the vice premier of Canada, Christia Friedland. And oh, she is a leading supporter of the Banderistas in the Ukrainian neo-Nazi movement. I'm Trudeau's number two. 
Unbelievable. This is the insane world we're living in. Insane world we're living in. <sighs> we have a work cut out for us, folks. Thank you all for listening in. Again, go check out Harley on his website. Support what the work that the Schiller Institute is doing. Super vital. Is globally educating people on a very large scale. They ask for your support. Get that information out. Thank you all once again. Enjoy your weekend. Harley, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, V, and I'll see you next week. Cheers, my friend.